Oh, this this person was talking to, with Jason. Did you get a chance to hear that one with Jason? He was talking about the Bible and the pyramids and all that. Ooh, trippy show. Was this on Monday? This was, was it Monday? One was Jason. This is the Archaics guy, is this it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yes. That was mind blowing. So, yeah, let's let's hear what this email has to say. I need to listen to that show like five yeah. times. It's a great show, Patrick. Jason is an exceptional guest. Such dedication, intelligence and attention to detail. His work is fascinating. Uh, massive thanks and credit to him for what he has brought to the people. Thanks for having him on the show. Wow. Yeah, this fellow is like. <laughs> you watched it one time. Yeah, I'm, I, I, that was the first time I'd ever heard him yeah. um, Monday. And I was just like, a friend of mine like tipped me off and was like, you're, you're going to love this. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh my gosh, oh my. this guy's vibe is like, wow. Yeah. What I particularly liked about him is that he said during the show that he doesn't use the internet for any of this stuff. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. use it. I loved him for saying that. Yeah, me too. It was like he he just gained so much more credibility, you know, in my in my heart, because he he said he uses all real books, libraries, and buys books to old texts to figure all this stuff out. That makes me so happy I that know. someone is still reading books and getting information that way. I'm serious because nobody like people don't anymore. They don't even know how. So. And that whole, that whole thing about the, I, I want to have them on again and just talk about the pyramids. Because that whole thing with the pyramids, the way he described it was just like, whew, that these things were so smooth and so mechanically and scientifically and through math, smooth and perfectly meld together, that there's just no way they could have done that without technology. Just no way. I mean, and these things were huge too. And how did they get them up there? Yeah. It was it was wild yeah. in the best way. Listening to the stuff he said, and he knows like he knows everything in and out, like yeah. the stuff he's talking he really about gets too. It. So we'll have him back on and just do a pyramids thing. You know how they were yeah. made and and what they put in there and. Um, who did it and how they could have done this and do the whole thing. I, I think it'd be great. Yeah. We'll do that. But I did like that suggestion from the one listener that said you should do like a, um, you know, meeting of the minds with some of these uh, people. Is that something you'd ever consider doing? That could be really fun. Yeah. Like you kind of moderating a conversation between two guests? Yeah. Um, I like doing that. Um, I think it's, as long as you do it in a way where you're not debating and you're not trying to... Um, but I, I think you could do it if you got if you got some people that... You know, like... Uh, I guess you could, you know, you know, we should do that. Get a couple of folks together and and because um, you can actually get three people on, well, myself and two other people. Mm. We've been wanting to do it with um, 
the uh, uh, the virus thing, and I've I've broached the subject with some people about um, coming on with Dr. Cowan, you know, and they won't do it. Mm. The, the virus people won't do it, like McCullough and Malone. Those two people, they won't do it. Hmm. I think he did mention that in his yeah. the last interview he did too. I remember him saying something like that. I've been following a lot of the health and well-being researchers since COVID started. This is from Rabir Yavid from India. Let's see if I can. It's kind of long, but I'm going to do it. Me and my family members, four, are perhaps the odd ones in the entire of my known circle, around three to 4,000 people who has not taken the jab. Wow. I have listened to the videos of Cowan, Kaufman, the Baileys, Daniels, Stephen Lanka, and lately Darko. I myself approach every advocacy in a scientific way, and what I have found that there is certain commonalities between all of these people, the way they understand the disease and cause of disease. Lanka, I found him a poor soul with a great knowledge, but he sees every disease as being a psychosomatic response to conflict. Yeah, Lanka has gone there and does not find food and nutrition neither the cause nor the solution. Whereas Daniels, Darko, and to some extent Cowan recommend raw meat as a solution. I don't think Cowan does raw meat, does he? I don't know. I've, I've been experimenting with Darko's salt protocol thing. But I was not able to adapt raw meat, raw egg, and milk. So can you guide through your interaction with or your guest and understanding biology as I'm involved in biological research? See, he just wants to hear more from these people to try to figure out you know, where they're all coming from. Um, You know, I think it just for me, it just goes back to. Um, we'll, we'll do more shows on it, but I think you want to, you want to really go within and try to figure out what works for you. There's a lot of people on the whole raw meat thing. Have you ever heard of that one, Anna? Mm-hmm. Do it raw. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna. I've have, never done that like on purpose. Have yeah. you? Yeah, I've. Well, I just cook it on the outside and do the raw thing. Oh, I like okay. I like the way it feels. You really can digest it very easily, strangely mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, I kind of like the way it does. So is this spirit world described by your near-death ex- statistical data, is there good and evil? Is the creator an essence of good or evil, or both? 
Why do spirits need to choose to come back into a physical reality? Why don't these spirits already understand unconditional love? Makes one wonder if spirits come already prepackaged with corruption and hate and envy and greed because that's what we have plenty of to spare down here in this physical earthly reality. Feels to me that being here is really just about being tested to see how we can do. I like that. That sounds good, right? This is just a test. That was a loaded, a loaded question. Yeah, got a lot there. But we can kind of talk a bit about, before we go, about good and evil. In my, from my perspective, and what I've seen, is that what people call evil, or Satan, is there's a force in these lower realities that are trying to trick us into doing some dumb things, so we have to stay here. To me, that, that I, I really think this is what the religionists have called Satan and evil. And some wonder, you know, some wonder why God would allow evil to exist on the earth plane. Because I mean, why would you do that? And the only the only thing I can think about from that regard is that these forces are there to help us to overcome them with um, grace and charm without going crazy. So I think these, these situations are put before us so we can overcome them with allowing them to just eat us up and spit us out. Because Big G would just get rid of all the evil if that was the deal, right? I mean, just poof it out, right? Just delete it. Just, yeah. just delete it. Right? I, I, just delete it. Yeah, I, right. I mean, I, it's it's hard to think that he's a perpetuator of negativity and evil. I think that, I think the question more is, you know, are are we a source of that? Are external forces you know, persuading us, because obviously there are people that do choose to do what we might call evil things, right? Mm -hmm. There are people that harm children and, you know, do these evil things or mislead people or deceive them or, you know, however, you know, there's, there are things that happen that aren't good that are caused by other people. So where is that coming from? You know, is that coming from a place inside of us? Is that coming from external things? you know, guiding us and leading us. I do think that there's equal and opposite. So just like there's masculine and feminine, the sun and the moon, good and evil, we have to have that to balance out to really understand the other idea. We wouldn't know what good was if there wasn't evil. But I think it's interesting to discuss the source of that. What are your thoughts on that as far as people that choose to do evil things? Well, I mean, I don't know why they do it, but it's just, you know, they do it, and they continue to do it. I think there's a lot to be said for what you alluded to, that I think that there's 
these energies within all of us because of our past lives and we come in here. And I think that that's why we're experiencing them. You know, because it's our karma kind of thing. It's our karma. So it's our karma to experience them. And in my experience, and, and everyone, it's, I think that my job is to experience in them and then not hate them and not try to stamp them out, but just to say, well, that's interesting. Um, what can I do to not to perpetuate that further? Is there anything I could do now to not perpetuate these people to do what they do? Is there anything I can do? You know, a lot of people feel so moved by it that they, you know, they make movies about it and they write screenplays and they, you know. Did you, did you, did you see this story about that movie that just premiered about the child trafficking? Do you know the name of that one? No, no, I didn't. Please enlighten me. Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. There's a movie that is out right now that is all about this child trafficking thing. Oh, let me let me Google it thing. And I think Mel Gibson is behind it. And you need to have the name of this. This is a pretty interesting story. Um, Sound of Freedom. It's called The Sound of Freedom. It's all about the child sex trafficking hmm. that's going on in, on Earth today. It's supposed to really be good. Um, the former Department of Homeland Security special agent, he has devoted himself to fighting child sex trafficking. And it's called The Sound of Freedom. And it's in theaters right now. Jim, so the interesting story about it is that the first weekend, it grossed more than the biggest blockbuster movie starring a Harrison Ford made more money than that. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? where people wanted to see that more than they wanted to see Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about, I think we mentioned it last week, uh, Harrison Ford's everywhere. On all the magazines at the food store, remember he was on everyone, people, uh, you know, everyone, variety, just the biggest. He's an icon. yeah, Yeah, he's an icon. And this movie cost $295 million to make. I don't even know the real number. Well, what if it, it's about, do you know the name of it? The Indiana Jones one? Yeah. I think it's Indiana the Jones and you know, the fifth one or yeah. something like that. Right, right, right. So I think the first of it is Indiana Jones, blah, 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 blah. $295 mm-hmm. million to make it. So, these people put out 
the the movie on sex trafficking called Sound of Freedom. And the first weekend out, I think it was over, and then the 4th of July, it grossed more money than the Harrison Ford movie, and it made more money than what it cost him to make the movie the first weekend. Isn't, wow. Isn't that fascinating? So it cost yes. him, I think, $15 million to make The Sound of Freedom. $15 million. Mm-hmm. And it made $15 million, And it made more than Harrison Ford made. And they got this movie that they got to come up with $300 million just to break even. Wow. I think it says something very interesting about our culture and where our state of consciousness is. You know? Yeah, and, and what we're seeking. Mm-hmm. And what people want. Really interesting. I mean, how is that even possible? Are you going to go see The Sound of Freedom? I or Indiana know. Jones? No, I'm not going to see Indiana Jones. But <laughs> I don't think I ever saw any of the Indiana. I think I saw the original one. Did you ever become fans of him? He. Oh, I saw like every one. Oh, did you? Yeah. You yeah. like you liked them out. They were like the movies I watched growing up as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my daughter's on pills and we're looking for natural solutions to control her anxiety. I would just disconnect the internet, be good. Disconnect your TV, you'll be fine. <laughs> How old is her daughter, does she say? Uh, let's see. Does she say? No age. But I have to go back. Uh, once again, I'm getting a danger, danger light. Not a danger in the back and go back in there. So, give your ideas to this lady. I will do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I am curious when the anxiety started and if you uh, could link that to any certain um, phase. Like, I'm not sure what age she is, if she's, you know, coming into puberty uh, just because anxiety can kind of rise higher, if there's been any changes. Uh, going on in her life. Um, So that's kind of where my curiosity is first, so that if we understand what caused the anxiety, we can understand how best to um, treat it from my perspective. So write back in and let us know some more details. I think that would be helpful information to have. Um, I know I've had kids that have struggled with anxiety before, so I know how taxing that can be. And I understand not wanting her to be on medicine. So um, yeah, more details I think would be helpful for sure. Good job. Okay, I heard that because I even when I went back there. Um, you know, one thing you could try to this lady is, and I was, you know, I was just kind of being flip about the phone and the internet and. You know, these, uh, all this stuff that these kids 
you know, look at and talk about and social media and the whole thing, it can be very, very um, anxiety-promoting, right? You know, I, you know, I would work on that. And also look to see in your home if you have um, things going on with your electromagnetic fields. Uh, um, this can also affect the nervous system of people and she could be very sensitive and even though you don't feel it but um, you know I would look into we have a great product that's actually on sale right now called Blue Shield and uh, you can put one of these guys in your home and help uh, your daughter and yourself to to do more um, to do better with these electromagnetic fields Um, these are on sale Blue Shield on one radio network so that's you know, I think this contributes to a lot of it. Um, and also, you know, some foods that she's eating, that affects the gut. And if, if she's eating some foods that are that are really not good for her and she just doesn't do well with, that can promote um, the whole anxious... Uh, you know, mind and become, you know, have some real issues there. So that's a, you might want to start a, a food journal and play around with the foods. If she's eating wheat or dairy or some other kind of um, curious foods, you know, questionable foods, usually cow dairy and wheat are gluten are two of the real top top line um, things that kids and most a lot of people get get um, allergic to. So if you can get rid of the gluten and the dairy and see if she feels better, you know that could be one way to to start. But gluten and cow dairy seem to be the the real bugaboos from most most people. So I think those are some ideas. Um, seeing as this is a free will realm, there has to be an option other than peace, love, and hippie beats. Life is choices, and the subsequent decisions we make, we always have the choice between good and evil, or right and wrong, but if the host most high is all there was, what does he mean there? If the most high is all there was, then deciding to serve that purpose would not be sincere as this scenario provides us a sole choice. Do you understand that? No, I was, and then I'm not, I'm not clear on yeah, the last see. part, the we, second half. We always have the choice between good and evil, or right and wrong. But if the most high, I guess he's talking about God, right? Mm-hmm. is all there was, then deciding to serve that purpose would not be sincere as this scenario provides us a sole choice. Sorry, I lost you. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's talking about like our 
free will to step outside whatever the most high has planned. I'm not sure. Why don't you write back and see if you can clarify that 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 second part. I'm just not sure what you're going for there. And clarify what most high would be. Oh, here's another one. Patrick would be really nice if um, you would have Amanda Vollmer. She's con- commenting on Van- Amanda Vollmer's show. Ken Rolla and Tony Pantaloresco on one show. Tony suggests that's stupid to structure. That stupid structured water, as it will make nano worse in the body. But not sure if that with structured water is means anything. I'm not sure either. You know, these uh, these contradictory beliefs and ideas, they just run rampant, don't they, everywhere. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to, you know, come to a point where we say, how would you know? How would yeah, I mean... That is, there's a lot of that. And I don't, I agree with you. I don't know if it's about finding the one person that has figured it out. I think there's some things we're, we're never supposed to completely know and understand. And I think there's like a faith component to life. Um, but I think it's more important just to hear people thought share, like, like we do, like you do so well. Um, and then just, you know, let what resonates and what works for people stick and then you know let the rest go stuck it out i like it here is um someone from holland Mm. would you be so kind to stop promoting kennedy he is not coming to save you because he is one of the club (laughs) carlin george carlin talks about this there's a big club and we're not in it i do not understand how an enlightened soul like you keeps buying the the BS. He said a BS word. He said the full word. He said the full word. All right. Well, I'm not, first of all, I don't think that R.F. Kennedy Jr. is coming here to save me. I don't, I've never said that. I've never believed that. No politician is ever going to save me. I just kind of like him because he's at least out there, you know, talking about these vaccines and how dangerous they are. And even the mainstream media is censoring him. Did you know that? They're actually mm-hmm. like, um, they're actually censoring him, like um, MSNBC and these other things. They're censoring him. I mean, what does that tell you? I mean, why would... I would uh, CNN and um, MSNBC and and these places uh, censoring Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for being concerned about these vaccines. And boy, he's really out there too. I don't know if you've heard some of his videos. I've seen a couple of his videos. He is not pulling any punches, baby. He's just, you guys got to come come to the table and um, 
there's a fellow that was on Joe Rogan's show that is all over these vaccines and say they're not dangerous and they're good. And, and I don't know his name. But then Rogan wanted to have Judge RFK Jr. and this fellow debate, right, on the show. Very cool. Well, this guy won't come on. And so now there's people that are donating money and they've come up with a million dollars. Wow. A million dollars. And I think even Elon Musk has donated to give to this man if he would come on and debate RFK Jr. to give to his favorite charity. And he won't do it. He won't come on. Isn't it interesting, like all the ways that I guess we'll just say the world uses to divide us as people, though? I just think it's like, it's almost like it's on purpose all the time. I think it is. Keep them confused and divided <laughs> and against one another. <laughs> I think it is. I really do. You can't get anywhere that way. I do. Yeah, there's, um, are you familiar with Dr. Bregan? Dr. Bregan, B R E G. Really cool uh, psychiatrist. We've had him on the show talking about um, oh um, these SSRIs where they give people serotonin uptake receptors and they've made people crazy. And many of these people that go in and shoot up schools and stuff were on these SSRIs and they were taken off them. And, and Bregan has been all of this along with... Um, um, a really cool psychiatrist. See, I don't remember all these names because I, I don't file them in my file drawer. But anyway, oh, oh, um, Kelly Brogan, Kelly Brogan. She's very mm -hmm. cool. She's talked a lot about this. So evidently, Peter, Peter Bregan said something on Dr. Jane Ruby's show about Malone and McCullough and their whole vaccine thing that they didn't like. So they're suing him for $25 million. They're suing Dr. Bregan. So to your point, dear Hannah, they are dividing and conquering everywhere they can get. They want us fighting with each other, boy. Yeah, they do. I think they enjoy it, and it's profitable. So, yeah. And it's getting us nowhere. No. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Let's move forward together. <laughs> it's like that old saying. It's a great saying. That um, if you wrestle with pigs, you'll get dirty, and they love it. Mm. Isn't that a great line? That's good. Yeah, Very if you good. wrestle with pigs, they'll get dirty, and they love it. Or you'll yeah. get dirty, right? You'll get dirty, and they love yep. it. Uh, pa Patrick, thanks uh, for having the show. Um, oh, one for you, baby. Uh, could you do a show on urine therapy and what are Hannah's thoughts about it? See, I think it was out there in the ether because I know what you're going to say. Or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking my pee every day for like a week. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Now, how could this guy know that? Know. How could this guy know that? <laughs> His name is Greg. Do you know Greg? Mm. No. <laughs> I might know Greg. <laughs> so what yeah, got in with um, you? What, what, what yeah, prompted I would love, that? I'm learning more. I've been researching it. I've seen benefits um, just in the short amount of time without knowing all of them. And uh, I plan to continue doing it. And I have told my 
my my family, some my parents about it. I was telling them over the Fourth of July, <laughs> and uh, I got I got some raised eyebrows. Not gonna lie. Well, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm really I'm really shocked that they raised an eyebrow. <laughs> I'm really shocked about that. So, how much have you? Uh, you just doing a little bit. I'm just doing a little bit right now, but I've heard that you can kind of work your way up to, you know, drinking a whole a whole glass of it. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm not sure about that. I'm really curious about the amount. Darko Balchek, mm-hmm. we t- we talked about in one of his shows, and he, he suggested just a little bit will do you, um, mm-hmm. but I I'm not sure about that. But um, have you really felt some kind of benefit from it? I've seen tremendous benefits in my skin, actually, um, just from using it, and um, like moisture, like in my skin too, which is like bizarre. And I, I didn't really research it ahead of time. This was experimental for another reason that I chose to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you and I were talking about that with the rash or whatever. Right. So, yeah, and now I'm just reading all the benefits of it. And of course we've been told our whole lives that our urine is toxic and has all these things that our body needed to remove from it. And, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, drinking it, let alone whatever, uh, we should be flushing it down the toilet. And now I'm like, you know, maybe this is liquid gold. <laughs> so. Okay. I shouldn't do this because it's private, but since I wrote it, I'll, I'm going to say it. So. <laughs> So, oh no! I'm gonna so so. Um, anyway, so Hannah Hannah texted me one day and she told me, "What'd you say to me?" <laughs> anyway, she just mentioned that that she tried drinking her pee, and then I wrote back to her and I said, "Okay, here. Do you mind if can I read your text? Do you mind?" Go ahead. I hope I I I won't regret this. Okay. Here you go. She goes, I drank my pee this morning, wondering if this could be a detox rash. Oh, the detox rash from juicing. Because you were having a little rash thing. And then, so I said, oh, so do you think your little rash was from the beet asparagus thing you were doing? Well, you know, I've never juiced before. And then I was juicing, you know, every day and um so i guess i was just kind of curious and then i i did look up like detox rashes eventually but that's not the first thing that had come to mind i had talked to a friend that had suggested that that was a possibility and i was like oh i never thought about that because i never juiced before so i don't know what your thoughts are on oh, that like are have you still- heard of that happening to other people have, have you have you continued to do the juicing yeah i mean i, I missed like a day but i have um I'm ready to start again. I got all my beets and asparagus wow. again. So yeah, I have been. And sometimes I'm doing carrot juice, cucumber, like, you know, I'm just juicing everything. It's like, it's my new favorite toy. I'm well, not going to lie. My experience with the asparagus and beets was so powerful that it just, man, I did all kinds of cattywampus things. This was years ago. So mm. I'm not surprised that, that some things could be popping out of your skin with it. Totally, absolutely. I'm on board with mm-hmm. that one. I'm down with that one. So has okay. has the rash kind of settled in a little bit since you've been drinking your pee? Yeah, it's 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 almost completely gone. Isn't it's much improved, right? but I feel like overall my skin has changed. 
um, specifically on my face. And I don't know why, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have to tell you. You look great. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I believe that it's changing my skin, that it's changing it, right? Or is it really changing it? It looks great. So, so you said, could the detox rash be from juicing? And I said, oh, the asparagus beets juice, question mark. You better quit hanging out with me if you're drinking your pee. Oh. <laughs> start hanging out with me, you start drinking your pee, boy. You better leave and don't put a forward in address. <laughs> Change your number. You've heard it here first, folks. You heard it here, folks, man. Gosh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know how you're doing that asparagus beats that often that much because that's pretty strong isn't it i mean i have nothing to compare yeah. it to to say it's strong compared to juicing something else because right. i just like jumped in juicing that so um but it you know it's doing something something's yeah. happening well you look great so how much is beets and asparagus are you doing it's like eight ounces once i um juice it all and drink it and then the apple so and then what's the yeah. proportion to the beets and the asparagus do you recall um well i mean i eyeball it because my friend taught me how to do it so i would he should he should write in i'm sure he's listening and tell us exactly what the proportion I, should be but it is on uh robert bond's um no, site. Robert Vaughn, yeah. yeah a matter of fact if you all would like to yeah. explore that you can go to our website, oneradionetwork.com, and just type in Robert Vaughn. And we've done several shows with him years ago on the beet asparagus. It might be fun for you to listen to that. You'll find them. Yeah. They're out there. And it was a long time ago. Yeah, he's a trip. Yeah, he was really... He is. I've watched some of his stuff. Um, yeah, he's a hoot. He is a hoot. Well, I found it to be very powerful. I couldn't do it more than three or four days. I felt like I was on another planet. You know, it was really strong. So then you do that, and then you eat an apple, right? And 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 what's what's the idea of an apple? The apple. Oh my gosh, I I think that apple like helps you like not feel like nauseous. It's supposed to help like you process all of it. But mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I don't. I am not the. My friend is the person that got me hooked on this. So. That's right. um, I will have those answers for you next time. Next time, next next Friday, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start doing the pee thing regularly today, and see if I feel anything different in a week. Because I do it off and on, but I've never. It's been a long time since I've done it like ongoing. So I'm going to do that. Be fun. Yeah, I'm always like trying to just get the morning, like the, you yeah. know, when you wake the first one in the morning, because that's your potent, yeah. your more potent po stream. Potent stream. <laughs> Does it taste like asparagus? Because it should, right? Because you're doing asparagus. <laughs> well, you know, we don't have to share that today. <laughs> okay. I'll let everyone imagine. <laughs> I remember the first time I got turned on to it years ago, 25 years ago. 30, I don't know, this fellow, he was really into it. And he kind of told me all about it. And then I read a book, a Your Own Perfect Medicine, or one of those books. So I got all kind of into it. So he, I had him on the phone, and I was talking to him. He said, yeah, the more you do it and the better you eat, it tastes like fine wine. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. 
But it does. If you read real clean, so for those of you who are wondering, I can just speak for myself. If you eat real clean and don't eat, it, it doesn't taste taste terrible at all. It's just kind of, you know, just tastes like whatever. Just, just pee. Yeah, just pee. It does, but it's not like nasty or anything. Like, you know, it's just kind of, of course, you might not want to do like Hannah did and share this with your family, but I thought that was very brave of you. Yeah, you know, I gotta. I don't mind raising a few eyebrows. Ah, <laughs> good for you. Okay, so we got, we got, we got. Uh, before we go, we got. We'll follow up on this one. Yes, the Most High. This is the same person. Is equivalent to God, Source, the Creator. All I was attempting to state is that if good or righteousness was a, our only choice then deciding in this manner would be simple and ultimately disingenuous as our free will seemingly becomes null and void. In order for us to choose God with sincerity, then we must be presented an alternative that can be just as alluring, thus we are provided the opposite of unconditional love by the choice of division and power. So I guess he's saying that the reason why evil is there is because we can get, as you said, like a comparison, right? We can say, yeah, I think yeah. He, I think he's talking about free will and how the the only way we would be able to understand to choose good is if we had the option to choose evil. But maybe I, if I, I hope I'm not hacking that for him. But I understand um, what they're saying. I'm I'm thankful that they wrote back in to clarify. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's right. I mean, I, there's a great quote from um, uh, Gandhi, if I can recall it. He said, the only real evil in this world is running around in the hearts of men. Mm. And, and he's alluding, I think he was Buddhist or Hindu, and the Hindu mm-hmm. belief is the idea that the only reason that we come in contact with evil is because we have some of this evil in us deep down subconsciously. And that's why we get an experience of it. That's the that's the karma idea, right? Okay, so karma also thinks that, that that's like part of who we are versus something we can choose to like step into, I guess? A, from a karma so perspective would be that we've created every experience that we come in contact with, whether it be child sex trafficking or whatever, you know, these things, because we have some of this energy being a human in many lifetimes still kind of hanging around in us. So we create these experiences so we can see it in ourselves and let it go. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? We can see it in ourselves and we can let it go and not fight it, and keep the keep the wheel turning. From a karmic expect, excuse me, from a karmic perspective, that's how we learn how to not come back here when we see some of the things that we may have done in a past life. We forgive ourselves, and we don't try to stamp out those that are doing it now. 
and we accept them from what they're doing because it's their karma, baby. Then that's how we, that's how we um, dissolve the the karma. Just by accepting it for what it is, saying, "Well, therefore, the grace of God go I." You get to do what you want to do, but I'm not going to do that. Does that mm-hmm. does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think I was trying to understand kind of, I guess, from the perspective of maybe a, a religious viewpoint compared to karma, if we're considering that sinful, if we use the word sinful nature, evil self, whatever, an actual part of who we are, or if it's something separate from us. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when people say we're sinners saves, saved by grace, if you've ever heard that kind of thing. Um so I'm, I think it's more of a question that's in my own mind about whether that's uh, a separate thing versus a part of who we are oh, that we I can see. choose to function in. So, so let's say that Patrick is here as a soul. My experience is, and I could be wrong on this, that I'm as just pure as the driven snow. Peace, love, hippie bees. I'm just good, 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 good. And that these options come up in our mind and our heart from past lives and karma, and we have the option whether or not we're going to jump in. Is that that part of the ticker tape or separate? Say that again. Would that be part of the ticker tape stuff or completely separate? No, that's, yeah, that's part of the ticker tape. Our subconscious. That kind of wants to tell Patrick that he's not a good person. Or, you know. So, to answer your question, and I'm really clear on this, and I'm almost 100% sure I'm right, but I could be wrong. (laughs) I could be wrong. Is that there's nothing that is attached to us of who we are. Nothing. It's always separate from us. So this is a beautiful thing if we really get this, that there's nothing that we have to let go of. We don't have to let go of anything. The only movement we have to make is to not enter into that state of consciousness. To me, this is very empowering because if we think that we have this thing hooked into us, right? Hooked into us. I'm never going to find the love of my life because I don't deserve it. And if we think that's part of us, right? It's hooked into us. How do you let go of that? But if we look at it, it's just a state of consciousness that's flying around out there. Oh no, you're never going to find the real deal because you don't deserve it. If you see that it's not part of me, but it's just a it's just a thought that I have a choice of buying into or not. Does that isn't that easier? It, to me that's easier. Say, oh I don't have to believe that anymore. I don't have to unhook it from me that's clamped into me, you know, like the matrix. Or I gotta let go of that. And then people have struggled to let go of something when the real movement that's needed to make is to just not enter into that ever again. 
Or if we do enter into it, we can catch ourselves and not enter into it again. Mm-hmm. How does that resonate with dear Hannah? No, I mean, I like what you're saying. And um, it's definitely something I want to continue contemplating. But I appreciate hearing that because I, I also don't think that it is like the construct of, of who we are. And I guess I'm saying that more on a spirit spirit level. Um, but definitely it's something that we can connect with and step into. So, no, I really appreciate it yeah. hearing. Like, um, and yeah. then to know that we can see growth in that area when we say, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not no. doing that anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do <laughs> that anymore. That's not for me. <laughs> and this is a beautiful thing, too, if one understands it, in my opinion, like this, which takes it a step above religion. And religion is about sin, right? Mm-hmm. Religion is about sin. And to me, um, it's not, to me, the religious religionists have turned karma into sin, right? They want Patrick to believe that he's got this tendency hooked into him, and this is who he is, and you've sinned, and you've got to repent, and if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell, and everything that's involved with sin, right? I grew up Catholic, so I'm well aware of the, of the, the scam they played on me. And it's not true. I don't ever have to be concerned about sinning. I may have to repair some damage that I did with someone, you know, for stealing their money. That's not cool. And they'll say, well, that's, you know, you, you might have to pay somebody back. But other than that, as my experience, the Divine Spirit is not pissed off at Patrick at all. Ever, 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 ever. God is love. God does not hate or God does not judge Patrick. Doesn't do it. And I think that's what religions have used since the beginning of time to trap people into believing that they need a priest or a nun or drinking wine or eating or whatever or saying penances or beating themselves with a rope or all the stuff they they taught people they had to do to repent. Yep, because we all know that these corporations need funded by a paycheck. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, excuse me, I'll get into trouble for this, but I'm going to say it because I don't care. And to convince people that some man by the name of Jesus had to die on a cross with nails into him and stab with a thing and go through all that just to prove so so God would forgive you of your sins? I ain't buying it. I mean, that doesn't even make sense to me. I'm sorry if I'm offending you. Patrick at the pulpit. Well, I mean, come on. God, which is all loving, all knowing, all everything. Why? Well, God would say to Jesus, you got to do your thing and then I'll forgive the people. Really? I don't think so. I just, I just froze up on my, my thing. Hold on. I can see that. Yeah. I you think know, that the, um, so, so that interview wanna, with our cake. So I think he was touching on the crucified God. Um, during that interview, which I found very fascinating. He was. So, he was. And I know that, yeah. you know, again, I, I, 
Let me plug in my thing again. Are you there, Patrick? I am, I'm here. Hold on. I so, can't hear you or see you. Can you see? Can we see me now? I can hear you yeah. now. I can hear you. So I, I can see you. <laughs> I, I'm really pleased. Forgive me. I I don't mean any disrespect for your religion, and and I know a lot of people. You know, but I don't. I guess that's why we have free speech. No, I think it's good to talk about. It's certainly good to talk about for sure. Yeah, I just get too sometimes too dogmatic. And I, and I think it is because, you know, I did, I did, well, let me see, I did 12 years as a Catholic. And boy, they, man, they run that sin thing. Mm, mm. I mean, we used to have to go into this little confessional with a priest and confess our sins. Otherwise, we would have a mortal sin and we could go to hell. I mean, mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, and the impact that that has on on people that you know have gone through that, and you know, yeah, I know it's, it's hard. It's interesting it's for hard. sure. Yeah, I I did the guilt thing for a long time, few long mm-hmm. time. Because if well, you know, when you're when you're small and you're going to school, and in kindergarten and first grade and third grade, and they just man, they just do the sin thing. I mean, they taught us that, I don't think they do anymore, that if if the baby wasn't baptized and they died, they would go to limbo and they would never, ever, ever, ever go to heaven. For eternity, they're in this place called limbo. If, if a baby passed away? Before being baptized. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I remember that day, it was in a religion class, I think I was in eighth grade, and I questioned the nun on this, and that's when she lost me. That's when the church lost me, because I knew that was a lot of BS. Come on. Come on. There's a God that says, okay, if you don't get baptized and you die, out of luck, you got to go to this other place, and you never get to go to heaven, whatever heaven is. Come on. I mean, and I questioned the nun on this. Oh, she said, oh yeah, Patrick, that's it, that. I walked out of that class. I said, "Man, that's it. I'm done. That's the day the." You're like this is not for me. That's where the Catholic <laughs> Church left me, baby. Oh, and my mom, she was not happy camper when I told her about that. Because mm. I didn't want to go to church anymore, you know. Did you? St- were you allowed to stop going, or no? Mm. You just stop buying into it. I, I I just stop buying into it. Yeah. This is from Kevin. There's nothing too enlightening to share with either other listeners. Just want to say hello to Hannah and say welcome. Been turning, tuning into the past few weeks with the addition of a second voice on your Friday show, and up in Pennsylvania. Often during the winter time, helping out for work, I will say this: Pennsylvania, in my opinion, is underrated for beauty, 
don't hear Pennsylvania brought up when people here in the U.S. talk about places to visit. Anyways, just wanted to say welcome to Hannah. Thank you, Kevin. That's very sweet and kind. Thank you. That's right. Okay. It's time to go. What do you think? We ready? I'm ready to, I'm ready. And what is Miss Ann up to today, may we ask? Dare we ask? Um, oh my gosh, you always ask me and I always feel like I have to, I am going to juice probably as soon as we get off this phone call and um, I might even have an afternoon cup of coffee. And Whoa, I want to come up there and have coffee with you. <laughs> and I'm excited about it. <laughs> do you do, do you just like, do you have access to real heavy cream? Do you put cream in your coffee or sugar or what, how do you do it? Um, so I'm going to have the disappointing answer that I like to put an oat milk creamer in my coffee that's vanilla flavored, but I grind my own beans and I just enjoy coffee and yeah. yeah. So I have a cup pretty much every morning, just one, but I really mm-hmm. like the taste of it. I just, I just really like it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my birthstone is might be a coffee bean. <laughs> I saw like a sweatshirt that said that, and I was like, I really feel that. Like, my birthstone is a coffee. <laughs> There's a scientist out there that actually says, and I, I watched a little bit of his video on YouTube one day, that that coffee caffeine in moderate amounts actually increases dopamine in the in the body. Can you imagine that? And dopamine is that feel good kind of relaxing things. Good elevator. Yeah. Is that like, it oh yeah, that's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? Real quick before we go, Patrick, I just have to know what do you think about the people that drink the uh like Red Bull and all the substitute caffeine drinks, like just to juice themselves up when they're feeling low. Like tell me your real thoughts on that. My real thoughts on that? I think it's crazy. Mm. I think it's very dangerous too. People yeah. that have heart, heart stuff and it speeds up. I've seen some stuff where they did the the pulse rate and all that. It's like, it's you know, and it's really a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, pe- whoa, truck drivers, you know, <laughs> knock those things back. Knock them back. Well, I, I can't <laughs> imagine doing that. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. If I do... Two cups of coffee, I get crazy. So one cup is, and you know what I do? I'm such a wimp. I do like half the amount of coffee. I grind my own beans, and instead of putting like two, what I used to do, two tablespoons in a French press, I just do one now. So mm-hmm. just so I don't get too wacko. Yeah. Okay, my dear. Always fun talking to you. Thanks, and I promise Thank I'll you. never, ever, ever. Put one of your tweet. Put one of your texts on the air unless I ask you. Oh, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> that that was pretty little rude. There, <laughs> that was a private thing. No, but, it wasn't. Like, you know, it I just fine. you know, fine. I, mean, I like <laughs> privacy. Okay, Hannah, you take care. Have fun. You too. Yes, you too, Patrick. Have a good weekend. Okay. May the blessings okay. be. Bye bye. Yep. Yeah. Hannah, out of control, cool lady. OneRadioNetwork.com. Okay, so we are going to close out. And we're going to 
Um, next time we are going to, what are we going to do? Oh, on Monday. We have a fellow coming up on Monday, Robert Richman, and he is going to show you how you can copyright your name, copyright your fingerprints, copyright your footprints, copyright your voice, copyright your face, because once you copyright it, nobody else can use that. Do you know that? And even people that could use your name that you've copyrighted and try to... It's really interesting stuff. That's going to be happening on Monday. I love you all very much. Don't forget we have the Blue Shield and the Shen Blossom on sale this weekend. Promo code one radio, almost 20% off on both, oneradionetwork.com, Blue Shield, and Shen Blossom, 20% off through Monday. So if you're watching this uh, podcast over the weekend, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Hannah for coming by. She's great. Really appreciate it that we found her. And um, we will see you on Monday. May the blessings be. Thank you. Bye. I love you. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.